Welcome to the LTC University Podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. My name is Jamie Preston, and today, once again, we have Scott Middleton. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jamie. It's good to be here. You kind of give our audience what you're going to talk about today. Yeah, so the podcast today is really for practitioners and healthcare professionals that are working with providers helping those providers to know how to optimize their assessments, their documentation, and their billing for their patients. So let me ask you this. Why is going the doc- to the doctor so expensive? It's just outrageous. It seems like it's just such a high cost. Why is it so expensive today? Yeah, so um, there's several reasons, but the biggest one I always like to start out with, that the average physician will leave medical school with a half a million dollars in debt. Wow. So, yeah, a half a million dollars. And then an average nurse practitioner is probably going to leave school with about $200,000 in debt. That's a lot of money. Yeah, the cost of education is just skyrocketing. But also think about how much time, you know, the average doctor, by the time they go through their residency programs and then they do uh, you know want to become internal medicine or peds you know they're they're 32 to 35 years old and they've racked up a half a million dollars in debt and and so most of these uh, most of our providers are lucky if they've paid off their student debt before their kids start to go to college hmm. and so it's it's very expensive uh, but and that's probably the main reason is that doctors and NPs have to make so much money is to pay back that debt but they also, you have to look at the cost that are accrued for the documentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spend in our company 10% of everything that we bring in goes just to pay for the documentation and then the process of billing that to Medicare and getting reimbursed. Wow. So, um, yeah, and that doesn't include the cost of other things like buildings and labs or cars for our nurse practitioners that are traveling out there. So it really is an expensive um, uh, process to take care of people. Yeah, it's definitely a high overhead business. Absolutely. How does a provider maximize their value then? While doing so, bill what is reflective of the care of their patients? Yeah, so unfortunately, um, you know, in, in our society, Medicare in, is, is our biggest payer source, and so I'll use that, that but there's other insurance providers out there. But the, Medicare and other insurances are still paying based on a fee-for-service, so they're paying the providers for what they did for that particular visit that day. But, but it's extremely complicated, so the pay structures have multiple codes, um, multiple ways for a provider to, to increase or to, de- or to not get paid as much for a particular visit, and it's all based on the complexity of the visit, the complexity mm-hmm. of the decision making that needs to be made. Um, there are prolonged service codes for extended visits. When we go out and we need to, to spend more time with the patient, there's actually now codes, which is very exciting for what they call non-face-to-face, where it allows the provider to study the information they know about that patient, like through hospital records or pharmacy records or other things, that they can actually do a billing um, for review of that record. Um, it, talking about advanced care plans, like what are your wishes, not just for end of life, but 
um, for for everything that's about how you want your plan of care to take uh, place. And then the, also the payment is also based on the acuity of the patient. So the sicker the patient is, the more diagnoses that then they have, then the more the, the, the insurance systems are willing to pay to make sure those are accurate. Um, so those are those are some of the key factors that's really going to go into what your bill is. And that's why people say, well, I went to the doctor and one time it was $100 and the next time it was $300 and I couldn't mm-hmm. tell he did anything differently. But those are <laughs> all of those pieces go into it. I love the non-face-to-face because I, I often wonder when I go to the doctor, how much time did he or she spend studying my chart, getting caught up on, you know, what my examinations were last time. Um, so I love that they're able to bill for that and, and spend time prepping. Yeah. So that's a relatively new code. Medicare just started paying for that um, a couple of years ago. And what's been great about it for us is it's really been a game changer for um, for older adults and the seniors that we take care of because they'll have multiple diagnosis uh, diagnoses, but they also have had lots of other providers involved in their care. And what's happening is a lot of times no one person is really delving into everything that's been going on to a patient. So they go to their cardiologist or they go to their oncologist or they go to their dermatologist. And, and then those records are really never seen by their primary care physician because the primary care care physician didn't have time. I mean, in order to bill enough to cover their salaries, they, they're seeing the patients for 12 minutes at a time in an office setting and running from place to place. So the non-face-to-face really allows them to sit down and review all that records. And they spend a, they have to spend, I think, 31 minutes in order to bill that code. But to me, that's the best 31 minutes I could ever have is for that provider to be studying that information mm-hmm. um, either prior to or after our first visit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think to the advanced care planning, especially for seniors, I mean, really for anybody, but especially for seniors um, to be able to, you know, bring that up. And that to me is not a single conversation That's could be over multiple conversations. Can you bill over multiple conversations? Absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things that um, every every person should have an advanced care plan with their provider done at least once a year. I mean, even me at 61 years old, that's a conversation I have uh, with my doc to say, you know, here's my wishes, you know, the, and, and I know a lot about health care, so it helps me. But um, that that conversation really needs to, to be there. So he understands what our what my wishes are, but also he's helping to prod me to really think about about what those uh, what those things will be, um, and really delve into those questions. So you know, especially when you have a severe illness, like my mother had breast cancer um, last year, and she's passed away from it. Um, but there was every time she went to the doctor, there's another question, you know, because there there's another treatment she's heard about, or even when you know she was starting to have a lot of pain, you know, how to address and deal with that pain. So it wasn't just about getting a and it um, a, a a, a do not resuscitate or or um, or just say, OK, here's all my living will and all my records. And here here's the information. It's really about ha- delving into that conversation with about um, what that process is going to look like. So do you know, Mrs. Smith, that, you know, this is going to be very painful and I want to know how you want to deal with your with with that level of pain. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the conversations that really need to take place. So uh, multiple conversations um, are really going to be necessary. And sometimes with this, with those who are really severely sick, it really needs to happen almost every single visit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so let's get into the, we talked a little bit about this last time you were on, but let's talk a little bit more about the risk adjustment factors. Yeah. So um, I'm going to tie that into a little bit about the complexity of the um, of the visit. So um, the, in the in the code in the coding for the provider to determine the, um, the how much they're going to get paid for the base level of the visit is really based on complexity. So you have to decide how complex and how difficult this decision was to be made. So it's not necessarily how long a patient spends with you or a provider spends with you, but sometimes it's how much how complex the decision. I like to tell this story. My father-in-law was in an assisted living facility several years. Ago and he had had because he had had a stroke, and so he had a lot of heart conditions and heart problems throughout his life. And um, there was uh, he he got a, a cold, and it really wasn't much more than a cold. I don't think it was a flu. But provider saw him in the facility, and and she wrote him a prescription for Alka Seltzer, and because he just had a cold, and so it was Alka Seltzer Plus. So um, a couple of days later, he started having stroke-like symptoms. His mm-hmm. blood pressure was racing, and he was really having a difficult time breathing. And so the uh, facility staff um, called the nurse practitioner, and she said, oh, gosh, I think he's having a heart attack. We need to send him out. Um, I fortunately got, um, got called the next, and I called over to um, the, the facility. There was another provider that happened to be on the campus that day. And I said, please go over there and take a look at him real quick before we send him to the hospital. So the provider did, he looked quickly at what had happened and he said, well, gosh, Scott, the reason he's having these problems, he's on Alka-Seltzer Plus, it's full of sodium. And so it's raised his blood pressure. So it wasn't, this was, he was having a heart attack. His blood pressure was racing from all the salt in the system. So he was able to do something, I don't know what uh, at that time, gave him some kind of medication that help to to get him calmed down and his blood pressure under control again and of course took him off off the Alka-Seltzer Plus and I say that because what happened was this nurse practitioner um, that came in originally she didn't take a look she should have spent time enough or known his case enough to know that the, that this was not just an easy decision you have a cold I'm going to put you on Alka-Seltzer Plus so the complexity of his case because even though it was just I got a diagnosis for a cold, the complexity of that visit was more because you had to take a lot into consideration. So with most of our patients, they're going to be very high complexity because there's a lot of things going on with them. And it doesn't necessarily mean it took the practitioner any longer to make the decision about what to do. It was just that it was a more complex decision. That complexity, of course, ties back in to these risk adjustment factors. So if a provider is not really pulling over and looking at all of the diagnoses for that patient, almost every single time they see the patient and they're not addressing those issues and they need to be documenting that, too, to say, you know, Mrs. Smith has these four things and and I'm looking at this and I feel like it's okay to give her this medicine, even though she's diabetic or even though she's something else, Mm -hmm. which also then determines where that how what kind of risk factor we're at because the ultimate goal is to keep people out of the hospital or to cause you know to to cause other things that could happen 
So the risk adjustment factors and the complexities are real important. Unfortunately for the patient, it does, and for Medicare, it does increase the cost of the, of the visit. But as I always said, you know, we're a lot better spending a, a little bit more money with a provider taking their time or even using the complexity of those visits and documenting appropriately. Medicare is better off spending their money on those doctor visits than they are on those big hospital visits. Because mm-hmm. I could imagine if they done a, did a non-face-to-face with your father-in-law, um, spent 30 minutes at least reviewing that case, looking at it, the, the high blood pressure, and knowing that the Alka-Seltzer Plus could have caused that, that could have been avoided. And, and was that a hospital visit or was that just another doctor's visit? Well, it, it ended up just being another doctor's visit. So it, it was a, a practitioner that was coming into the assisted living. Um, so, yeah, it would have been another, you know, couple of hundred dollar charges versus a $15,000 um, emergency room visit and hospitalization. But easily, um, could have done, easily could have been there because a skilled nursing facility or assisted living, they're known for sending people to the hospital. Absolutely, because most of the time there's not a nurse that's there. There may be a, an LPN that operates the building or, or and works in the building, but they really don't have the expertise to do to really make those judgment decisions about what's going on with the patient. And when you call a provider and, and you say, hey, there's an emergency, that provider is always going to err on the side of, well, yeah, let's go ahead and send them out unless we can um, we can get them seen pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, those uh, those those codes are really important um, for that complexity. And so while I would say don't complain, you know, so many of our providers and this is really I'm focusing on the providers today. Sometimes they'll say, I'm just going to I'm going to downcode this a little bit because I don't want the patient to have to pay a lot in their copays or deductibles. But un- honestly, the copay and deductible for that hospital visit is a whole lot more expensive oh, yeah. um, than it is for that doctor's visit. Yeah. Right. No doubt about it. That would that saves a ton of money. It saves Medicare money in the long run. Saves them money. And who wants to be in the hospital? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's jump into the next part here: the prolonged service codes and non non face to face visits. Yeah. So um, another thing that Medicare added a couple of years back were um, a billing codes for prolonged service codes, because what they realize is that while you're billing for a complexity of a patient, sometimes it takes you a long time to be there and to really go through all the records and the documentation. What's interesting, though, these prolonged service codes are extremely useful in the skilled nursing facility setting or in the home setting um, where the provider may have more time. Because, you know, if you're going to go out to see a patient, unfortunately, um, when you go, when you drive to somebody's home and you spend 20 or 30 minutes getting there and 20 to 30 minutes getting to your next patient, just to go out there for a quick 10 or 15 minute visit is not going to be financially rewarding and pay for the service that they're receiving. Um, but but it, it, it but ultimately, it would probably be better for some of these patients to be seen multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if somebody's sick in an assisted living or nursing home, generally we'll go see them. Um, 
we'll write an order for them, take care of them. And then two or three days later, we're going back to see them and saying, OK, well, let's see how this medicine was working. And if it and not, we'll change it out or we're going back and reviewing the labs and then going back to see lay our eyes on the patient. So in an assisted living or nursing home where somebody's sick, we may see them three or four times in in, in a particular week. Well, those those the billing for that is going to be a small code, but you're also going to be able to see a lot of people at a lot of times. So for providers, what I will tell you this, if you go into an assisted living facility, technically you can do a moderate complexity um, for an assisted living patient. That's that 99349, I believe. Um, I'm trying to look it up right now. So if you build, um, yeah, it, yeah, it's a nine. Uh, uh, moderate complexity, 99336 in assisted living. So um, that's $156 that you bill that for. And what it tells you at that moderate complexity, the base time for that is about 40 minutes, but you only have to spend half of that. So if you go in an assisted living room and you see somebody for 20 minutes, then you're able to bill the 156 so if you see three patients in an hour, and remember, you can sit there and do your documentation with that patient in front of them and hopefully close out your note. And if you can do that in 20 minutes, you could literally bill about four or $500 an hour. Mm-hmm. So if you have enough patients in that facility and you can go on an eight-hour day and see three patients in a day, so you see 24 patients while you're there, then you're you're maximizing your billing by hitting that four to five hundred dollars an hour by just doing the complexity. Mm-hmm. But if you slowed yourself down and you wanted to do a prolonged service code, you'd literally you'd have to spend a full seventy minutes. So that's over an hour, an hour and ten minutes, and the reimbursement for that is only three hundred. Mm-hmm. So you really you can bill a hundred dollars to two hundred dollars more an hour by doing shorter visits in an assisted living facility or in a skilled nursing facility the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so we really tell folks that um, that you you've but the, also you can get to see those patients more often. So if you're just going to an assisted living facility and you're st- going once a week to see patients, there's no way that one, I think you're going to be able to, well, you'll make less money if you spend an hour with or 70 minutes with every one of them when you go, but how are you going to see all those patients? The more often you see them in those assisted livings and nursing homes, I think the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And I, and the patients are going to be better off. Yeah, because they do look different. You know, we've had patients, I've seen them come into the nursing home and they're just like on their, you think they're on their deathbed. You don't know how in the world they're going to live. And then two days later, it's just a whole, they're a whole nother person. You know, they get in they get in therapy, they start taking their medications right. But there's other times they come in and you think, wow, I don't even know why she's here. She looks great. And then two days later, they're changing colors, you know. <laughs> so you really have to keep a close eye on, on them. And you can't really just depend that the families or the staff members are going to recognize those changes because what they're, they're seeing them every single day, multiple times a day. So the change is slow enough to where they might not notice some of the big things going on with those patients. Yeah, for sure. And, and this is something that patients can probably request as well to be seen more often. It, yeah. And, and as a family member, that's what I always told um, for, for my parents and, and my in-laws, um, I wanted them to see, be seen as often as possible because if we can if we can catch something when it's starting and, and I'll tell you, old people are generally go like I asked my dad, well, how are you feeling? Oh, everything's fine. 
really, Dad? Okay, let's delve into this thing. Are you taking your meds correctly? You know, how's your blood pressure? You know, and, and then you start asking, and well, you know, I haven't really felt good for the last couple of days. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, yeah. so having those conversations with them. But the interesting thing, though, Jamie, is when you get to a home visit, of course, Again, you've got the time constraints of driving to a home, but also in a home setting, you don't have that staff that may be administering the medication and really monitoring and documenting what it, what's happening to those patients um, for that review. So when you go out there as a provider, you really have to do about everything yourself. And so I always tell folks that do not drive out to a house just to do a 10 or 15 minute visit. You need to spend some time with them and there's lots of things you can do. Mm-hmm. It's also more profitable for you to do that as well. So if you're going out to build to, to build a, a home visit, for example, it's established patient, meaning you've seen them before they've been to your practice and you spend 70 minutes with that patient on a moderate to, to high complexity then you can bill $124 plus another $151 for a prolonged service code. So you're going to bill about $279, almost $300 in that little over hour visit in an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. And but, but that, you, that patient's going to get to know that provider. It's it, the relationships there. It's all in, around better. No doubt. Yeah. So one of the things that, that sometimes people will say, well, what do I do out there for the whole time? OK, well, let's just start by counting their medications. Mm-hmm. I would as a provider, I'd look at their medications nearly every time I go out there because I want to see if they're taking them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the problem comes if you have one of these patients that are that are getting their meds from different pharmacies or you're writing scripts at different times that every pill bottle has different number of pills in them. So we encourage them to use a service where where they actually do a cycle fill. That means they get you on a cycle so that all your medications are coming due at the same time. Mm -hmm. That means that if you've got a bunch of pills out there and you're supposed to take one a day, the provider can open those bottles and almost gauge with an eye about where how many pills are in that bottle and know that you're taking them or that you're not taking them. Yeah. Um, because medication compliance is the number one issue um, that we have with all of our providers. But, you know, taking their blood pressure do it, and doing all your documentation while you're there. So if you can pull out your laptop and you can start ch- putting in all your notes for this patient right in front of them, sitting at the kitchen table or, or in, in their bedroom if they are, you'll be surprised at how long as you're documenting what those people will tell you. Hmm. And and that's that's really what Medicare Actually, you know, Medicare pays us less if you're talking versus the the patient talking. Hmm. So there's there's a down code for that. If you spent more than 50% of your time t- talking or lecturing to the patient, then you have to bill that based on time, not complexity. Hmm. The reimbursement rate is less. Yeah. So and it was designed that way. Listen to your patients, spend time with them. It's possible. So, so again, it makes more sense to spend at the home, spend more time while you're there, get everything done. But at the, at the other side, it's like I was talking to one of our providers and she said, Scott, it's taken me three to three and a half hours to do a new admission. And I said, well, you're trying to do too much at one time. That's exhausting for the patient and it's exhausting for you. I said, the maximum you should spend is two hours and 11 minutes. And she just looked at me and I said, okay, if you'll go look on your staff, uh, on your home patient, if you have a, a, a brand new patient, um, 
that that's new to the home, you can go out of moderate complexity and you can spend 135 minutes and you can bill about $500 for that visit. You bill 137 or 177 for the base visit, you bill 151 for the first prolonged service code and you bill another $114 for the second um, level of 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 the prolonged service code because you spent 135 minutes. So 135 minutes is what uh, two hours and yeah two hours and 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and you build $500. But if you're going to go over that and spend more than that two hours and 15 minutes, it better be to do an advanced care plan for another 16 minutes, where you can bill another hundred dollars. So now you can bill six hundred dollars in two and a half hours. But if you're going to spend three hours, you're not going to get paid any more for it. So my question is, should you just then say, Mrs. I got a hard stop at two thirty today. And but but at that point, I'm going to come back. If you spent more than two and a half hours, you should be saying, I can't get all this done today. So I'm going to come back Wednesday or Thursday. And then you call and get your scheduler and make sure she puts this patient back on the schedule really soon. Yeah. And it's a win win. Exactly. So you just really have to kind of kind of play where where your time is allocated and how long you should stay there. But you'd be surprised at how many of our providers were billing advanced care plans. They were putting them in. Well, advanced care plan, you have to spend at least um, 16 minutes with a patient talking to them about the the concerns they have about the end of their life. And in order to do that, and people will document, I spent 11 minutes doing an advanced care plan. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's so much more you could talk about, you know, oh, with yeah. a patient. So, and then they just they just took that money and left it on the table. Mm-hmm. So, again, because these providers are so expensive and they spent so much money going to school, they need to be compensated for, uh, for that time. But they have to document it. They have yeah. to put it. And going back to the, you know, having them check their medications while they're there. I don't know how many times I've heard stories of patients that would, you know, save their medication where they wouldn't take it every day like they were supposed to. And they would, you know, kind of hoard it so that they could save money. And if you can catch that, um, I I heard of a story last last year was uh, with a guy who, who was doing that. He was doing it to save money. He ended up dying of a heart attack because he wasn't taking his medication. Um, like he was supposed to, and a nurse practitioner would have caught that by counting those med- medications. Well, and and what happens so often too is he probably went to a cardiologist. The cardiologist put him on the best and greatest medication that he's ever seen because mm-hmm. there's been a a, a set new salesman that came in and is trying to peddle a drug, a lesser expensive that's more expensive, a lesser expensive drug could have been maybe it been used that they could afford. And so that conversation about can you afford your drugs and that that way, if you don't have them, is there a problem with expense? So the best thing to do, that nurse practitioner can pick up the phone and call the pharmacy and say, hey, I need a less expensive drug. Now, a lot of if you try to call Walmart or Walgreens, you're probably going to get the runaround, which is why our practitioners use a company called SCRX. And they actually deliver the the meds, put them on Cyclefil, deliver them through the U.S. mail to your house mm-hmm. um, monthly or bi week or bi monthly um, basis. Uh, so you have all your meds there. Um, but they actually go and look: is are there less expensive alternatives? Because our providers 
actually do get, as we talked about in the last um, in the last one, our providers um, will get dinged on their reimbursement rates by spending too much money on unnecessary tests or medications or hospitalizations. Right. So, yeah, that's yeah, important. That's great. It's great information. Thank you so much for being on the podcast again, Scott. And uh, um, thanks so much for all you do. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, Jamie. You have a good week. Just a couple of announcements. Every single month on the first Monday of the month, we have an event called the Community Leadership Assembly. You are invited, especially if you're an assisted living administrator or skilled facility administrator and a social worker. You can earn up to three CEU credits at this event from a couple different speakers, and we're going to provide lunch for only $10. You don't want to miss it, so make sure you come to 1626 on Main in Columbia, South Carolina. You won't regret it. Also, if you'd be so kind to write a review for the LTC University podcast, give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. We'd love for you to check us out on social media. You can go find us at LTC University on Facebook and at LTC University on Instagram and Twitter as well. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to learn together. Have a great day.